Blog Talk Radio. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've told them some to to believe it. I know their wrong way and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me today. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, for your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I'm a professional uh, navigational consultant. My expertise is in astrology and numerology, animal cards, all kinds of different types of oracles that I work with. I have a home office where I do personal sessions for people here in Phoenix, Arizona as well as by phone. Uh, anyone interested in any of that good information, go to my website at jimventura.com and check that out. Uh, I'm also an author. I have a blog column that I've been doing for many years called Snake Oil. Uh, we've got over 1,300 subscribers now. The numbers are growing. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly column, please feel free to email me at VenturaSag. D-E-N-T-U-R-A-S-A-G at yahoo.com to get added to the monthly uh, newsletter mailing list. Um, you're, uh, if you like the shows, you'll, you'll definitely like reading the column. Of course, also giving access to a whole bunch of different types of metaphysical information. And, and sometimes we do reading specials and things, and you'll be able to take advantage of those as well. Uh, anyway, I'm a published author in the process of getting a third book published, but I've got two books available now. One, uh, Snake Oil Volume 1, which is a collection of my first uh, four years of columns, and also Dirty Little Secrets. Both of those are available at Amazon as well as uh, through my website. If you want to get a signed autograph copy, you can contact me that way. Okay. Enough of the sales stuff. Uh, this is our uh, beginning of our month show, so I'm going to do a live column read uh, for this month's snake oil column. And I'm going to talk a bit about that in some more detail, give you guys some insight. Uh, this is not a, a live call uh, a phone show, so I'm not doing many readings on today's show. Uh, I want to kind of stay on subject uh, because a lot of people catch me also in archive and they kind of need uh, this information, uh, so this is what we do uh, beginning of the month on each show. But uh, next week, I will be doing my astrology update show, um, half to 45-minute show. I talk about astrology and what's kind of going on with the planets and how that's affecting us. The other half of the show, I do take a few live callers for the last uh, 20 minutes or so of the show, and you should get three or four callers in as well. So that would be a good show to call in on if that's what you're looking to do. But I won't be taking live calls today. So uh, I started off by playing a very funny song. I don't know how well that came through on my speakers. Uh, it's the Muppet movie Rainbow Connection song. And uh, I thought that would be a, an amusing way to launch into today's uh, show's topic and category. 
So uh, again, welcome everybody who's joining me live today as well as in archive. Again, let's start the show off by reading uh, this month's column in case uh, you have not, uh, if you're not already subscribing, you didn't get the column, your chance to kind of hear what our subject is and what we're talking about today. So this actually was a repeat column. I wrote this column uh, back in 2009, I believe. And, uh, and decided it was time to republish it. It originally ran in 2010. Uh, so the this snake oil column is called Stupid People and Rainbows. I purposely timed my drive back from a day of running errands to avoid rush hour traffic. It was 2 p.m. and I was heading home on a rainy day. Traffic on the freeway was, was mild until the rain started to get heavier. I along with most other drivers, appropriately slowed down to accommodate the road conditions. I was fine with that, until I began to see that every two exits or so, traffic would almost completely stop. The first time this happened was because of a minor accident that made everyone feel the need to slow down and stare at the incident. The police had already moved the vehicles to the side, but apparently everyone still needed to move painstakingly slowly so as to see what was going on. A few exits later, traffic slowed down again to a snail's place because the cop had pulled someone over, and this was equally fascinating to most of the other drivers as well. This went on in one format or another during my entire drive home. I found myself becoming progressively irritated by the whole situation. There was either constant braking or dangerous speeding. Drivers were either overly cautious or not cautious enough. The whole situation was excruciating. I began to wonder. Why were people so stupid? A trip that should have taken 10 minutes had stretched out to 30, and I was only halfway home. I couldn't even get around the endless messes along the way because the left lane was occupied by two huge semis. When did it become acceptable for huge trucks to drive in the left lane other than for passing purposes? At the peak of my frustration, I noticed something completely different. There were two larger-than-life rainbows ahead of me in the sky. They looked like special effects from a fantasy movie. They seemed surreal, and I found myself mesmerized by these two visions that occupied the entire northwest skies of Phoenix that day. They were stunning, and I was entranced by a level of beauty rarely seen here. I realized that the delays and stupid people were actually doing me a favor. They gave me an opportunity to take a slow drive home and enjoy a powerful, powerfully transformative visual. There was an opportunity right in front of me. Initially, my focus on how stupid most of the other drivers were blocked me from seeing what other aspects of the drive were being offered. Seeing the rainbows had shifted my perspective. I had a sense of real peace and a new awareness of how we allow excessive scrutiny and frustration with others to block us from seeing the overwhelming beauty that exists in this world and in every moment. I'd gotten caught up in focusing on what was wrong allowed my cynicism to darken my day. I enjoyed the rest of my drive home. I even considered calling some of my friends to suggest that they go outside and witness the amazing rainbows that currently graced our skies. I was almost home and driving down the side street in front of my condominium complex when I noticed a lunatic behind me in my rearview mirror. She was riding dangerously close to my car rear, clearly in a rush and annoyed at my decision to only do the exact speed limit in the pouring rain. Instantly, my irritation returned, and I decided to teach this idiot a lesson. 
I slowed down even more on the single-lane road to show this impatient dummy that I was not going to be pushed around. How dare she peaceful drive home? Why were people so stupid? After I taunted her for a minute or two, I realized what I was doing. I could easily have chosen to simply let her pass, but decided that it was my job to teach her a lesson. I regained my sanity, stopped pumping my brakes, and purposely slowing down, and resumed my normal speed. A few minutes later, as I turned into my complex, she honked, flipped me the bird, and sped off on her angry way. Later, I thought about how easily I slipped between being peaceful and happy to becoming angry and confrontational again. A few days later, I noticed that my rear left tire was flat. There was a huge screw in that tire, and I wondered if the woman from the car had come back and angrily put the screw in my tire. It was possible, but intuitively, I felt that this was not the case. I did not feel like she had come back to teach me a lesson. I was just unlucky and ran over a screw in the road. There are practical hazards that exist in our world. Occasionally, shit just happens and we shouldn't take it personally. Still, some part of me drew a screw to my tire that week. I knew it had to do with the energy of me getting so irritated by my perception of so many stupid people screwing me with me. I spent way more time focusing on the negative aspects instead of the beautiful rainbows. Now I would be spending $250 on a new pair of tires. Growing up in New York and getting a driver's license included defensive driving classes. The focus on assuming you need to prepare and watch out for the worst in people was part of avoiding accidents. This was considered wise. And we were rewarded for this way of thinking. On the positive side, this has made me an excellent driver. I've avoided many problems on the road, and to my knowledge, I've never caused an accident. On the negative side, this everyone is a potential idiot perspective has found its way into other areas of my life. It's easy to get annoyed with people and situations and become judgmental about all of it. Focusing too heavily on how things should be and how everyone uh, and everything should be done in the right way takes a lot of energy. Being discerning is a valuable skill, but being overly critical of others is carrying healthy discernment too far. The same can be said for being overly critical with ourselves. My day with the rainbows made me aware that we always have a choice to lighten our perspective and become less cynical. It takes some practice to do this. Old habits can be hard to break especially when we see them as part of our cultural heritage. The reward is I'm feeling happier more often and taking what other people do less personally. Releasing some of my judgments has allowed me to see more rainbows. This shift in my viewpoint is allowing me to discover beauty and harmony in all kinds of new places. Okay, so that is my column. And uh, again, I wrote this back in, in late 2009 and published it in early 2010. You know, and it's funny because I have to say that when I originally wrote this piece, it was interesting to go over it again. And, and it blew my mind that this was four years ago already. Uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just trippy uh, in terms of the passage of time. And, uh, you know, the thing is, um, you know, now at this point in my life, I've got to tell you, I, I'm definitely a lot mellower. It's even interesting to re read the piece and decide to republish it because it was a lot more toxic a few years ago and, and reactive. I think living in Arizona has mellowed me a lot from my New York years. Um, so definitely have mellowed. But it was a good reminder because, you know, I think we all get caught up in that, that energy of getting so frustrated and so irritated. It's easy to get impatient with people and circumstances and situations. Pretty natural. You're not a terrible person if you do. You just got to kind of catch yourself when you're doing it. 
But it was funny uh, because, I, you know, when I, when I think about the event and that day, I don't really think so much about the uh, bad drivers and everyone slowing down, the crazy woman that was driving too fast behind me. What I remember about the event mostly was seeing those two rainbows. And again, that's not something you see that often in Phoenix. We don't get that much rain here. So when I grew up on Long Island, we got rain a lot. So I was really, really used to seeing rain. Here we don't get rain too often. So while it was raining and seeing the two double rainbows at the same time was a pretty amazing experience. And I think, um, again, that's what, what kind of my point is with this piece is we really do have a choice in how we're going to respond to things and where we're necessarily going to focus and put our energy. I think that's something that we've got to remember in order to stay sane and happy. Now, you know, one of the things that I find, you know, a lot of the people that listen to my radio show and read my columns would consider themselves to be metaphysical people. So, you know, sometimes I get newbies, people that are new to metaphysics, but as a general rule, most people catching the show or, uh, or catching my column or reading my books or things of that nature, even the clients that come to me for personal sessions, usually have a certain amount of metaphysical savvy or know-how, so, which is a great thing because I think that, you know, you've you got to have a spiritual side. You know, we're body, we're mind, and we're spirit. And, uh, you know, and then we have an emotional body on top of it. You've got to feed all areas in order to be fulfilled and happy. So, that's a cool thing and something that I value. But I think that a lot of times what I run across with metaphysical people is, you know, sometimes we try to get so caught up in the idea that we can't ever even think a negative thought, that we have to constantly be positive and always think positive thoughts. Now, it's a great ideal, but in reality we do. We get frustrated, we get irritated, we get bothered by the things that people do. We're human beings. We can be reactive. Again, and the good thing I always tell people is, listen, if you think a negative thought, you know, say you're getting really frustrated with a coworker who pisses you off, you know, you playfully imagining strangling them, them uh, it doesn't mean you're going to do that, that you're causing any harm or any evil. Uh, I always try to tell people that. Listen, every thought that you think does not manifest as a physical experience. You know, so you don't have to worry. You're not a horrible human being because a part of you fantasized about doing something terrible when you were frustrated. Obviously, don't do it. But uh, listen, there's no evil in that. I remember as a kid growing up Catholic and hearing that kind of thing that even if you think a negative thought, you've committed it at some level, blah, 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 blah. Don't agree. And I, I see that same interesting thing operating among metaphysical people, because it's, it's very funny, because anyone who's read any of what I've written or has talked to me knows I have a little bit of that New Yorker disposition. You can probably hear that in the sound of my voice if you're catching the show live or in archive. And uh, it's kind of the way that I talk. I'm spending 25 years in, in New York. It's funny, because once in a while, I'll run across someone who perceives me as quote-unquote negative, which is really funny because I'm ultimately an optimist uh, slash realist in how I th see things. My, my darker side is probably more an element of how I use humor more than anything else. Ultimately, I'm actually a pretty happy, positive human being. But I think people will misread that cynicism and that energy that, again, a lot of New Yorkers have, a lot of people from the East Coast grew up that way. But, you know, since I've been in Arizona for like 23 years now, it definitely has changed my perspective a lot. Because I know, like, you know, it's very funny because when I go back to New York, I go back to Long Island to visit in a couple of years, people are sort of like, they almost find me amusing because they think I'm too nice. 
which is really hysterical. Uh, but I think that's how Arizonians and Californians, people like that come across sometimes as being like very, very friendly and nice and, you know, and PC and all of that. And uh, I guess maybe I have adapted a little bit to that. But that's the thing, guys. You know, listen, you don't – thinking a negative thought, doing that, listen, that does not cause any harm. You're allowed to run that through. You don't have to, you know, walk around in the clouds in some respects. We can be reactive. That's not an issue. We're allowed to get irritated for a minute or two. But like I was kind of saying in the piece, the key is not to get so consumed with it in that sense where we miss out on other things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up a column that I'm writing for my um, April – newsletter uh, called Taking It All Too Hard, and I'll get a little insight into this because it's a little bit of a similar concept. I'm talking a bit about a type in um, the Tarot. If you're familiar with the Tarot, there are 22 arcana, major arcana cards that represent attributes uh, or uh, archetypal ideals in terms of how we operate and function. And I'm writing a piece called Taking It All Too Hard, and I'm talking about this in a different context because what I find that often happens for people is like when we're going through a type of difficulty, whether it's a big issue or a small one, we can often get very myopic about it, almost in a way where we become very, very, very upset and become too focused on it. And I see this a lot. Like a, this is, I think this is an area in rela- with relationships that people go through this a lot. They're arguing with their boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or they're going through difficulty and they're just consumed with anguish about it. And listen, we all, there's different degrees of where we go through difficulty. But when you become consumed with anguish, often what's happening is you're not really paying attention to the, the, that there are other good things going on. You know, listen, no matter how bad your relationship is, if you have your health, you've got friends that love you, you have a good job, well, keep it in perspective. Don't drown in it in that sense. And again, I'll go into this in more detail in a different context in the column and then talk about it next month on a radio show as well. But what I think I'm kind of getting at is, and when I originally wrote Stupid People in Rainbows, is you know, even for me, I was driving back, you know, so frustrated by the rain and by how people were and the crazy woman behind me and the trucks in the left lane and how people should be and that one listen you know i'm healthy i have a nice car that i'm driving in i get around there's people that don't have a car at all and so here i am bitching and moaning about that it's a rainy day in arizona which was amazing i got home and made myself a cup of tea and sat on my back patio where i can still partly see the rainbows and Oh, rainy day in Arizona. I came out, I was thrilled, you know what I mean, once I finally got off the road in that sense. So uh, this is kind of what I'm talking about, about how we do. We, we often can really, really lose focus on what matters uh, when we get so consumed with the negative or the thing that, that's kind of pissing us off or that is bad. And I think that that's such a really, really key thing to remember, um, you know, as, as part of our process of staying kind of happy and healthy, functioning human beings. Uh, listen, you know, I, I've always said this, and it's something I learned years ago from, from reading um, channeled material. In fact, if anyone's getting my column now, they know I've kind of got a channeled corner that I'm doing where I'm actually printing little pieces of some of the awesome channeled material that I collected up in the 80s and 90s. A lot of this stuff is out of print, and I have a lot. Some of it is really amazing, so it's been really fun to add that to my newsletter and my column. So check that out if you're not already getting that, the channeled corners. I do posts like that on Facebook as well. 
But, you know, one of the things that, that I, I think that, you know, I recall from, from reading uh, channel material and, and all these, these other dynamics that I was kind of gathering along the way is, uh, yeah, really much of, of how we live our life is really a decision about what we necessarily focus on. And, you know, there are hazards to the physical plane. You know, the, the, me getting the screw in the tire of my car is an example. You know, listen, at some level, at a metaphysical level, I drew that to myself, obviously, um, you know, and again, I had a laugh because you stand back and look at the literalness of it. I was annoyed with people screwing with me and that crazy woman following me and screwing with me, and then I found a screw in my tire. I mean, talk about literal. Uh, but, you know, also at another level, you don't take things personally. You know, listen, sometimes we run over screws um, in the road or a glass bottle or, in fact, you know, it was funny because I was at the casino, um, the local casino a couple of weeks ago, and I went to my car, and not really near my car, but near a few other cars in the parking lot, someone had left a couple of bottles of liquor. I guess they were drinking in the parking lot, lovely, by the way. And, and drinking in the parking lot, and they just threw the bottles out of the ground. And so here I am, I'm picking up the bottles and I'm putting them in the trash can, which was a little bit of a walk to clean up, because all I can think of is that some poor driver is going to run that over and, you know, uh, ruin their tires. I don't want that to happen to another human being. So, again, see, now this made me think about why when I go to New York, people think that I'm so nice because I probably wouldn't have done that 24 years, <laughs> years ago. Now that's the first thing that pops into my head. I don't want someone to get into any, an accident or any difficulty over this. So let me clean it up. So I guess I have gotten nicer uh, over time. But, uh, yeah, you know, there are hazards on the physical plane. Uh, when I read the channel books from Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough called Messages from Michael, which I highly recommend, um, they talked a lot about that, about the idea that of the hazards of the physical plane. Listen, houses... Uh, you know, tornadoes happen, weather conditions, illness, various other factors are very much a reality of this world. That doesn't change that well, thoughts and beliefs create a reality. We still drew our to us at some level, but the key is not to get so worked up necessarily by what we, we have, we're going through at the moment. I think that really ultimately is sort of the key here. So let me talk about a few other points that I kind of made uh, with this, this piece that I think are, are, are kind of significant as well, too. Uh, and even like what rainbows represent, um, you know, I mentioned in the piece that I saw these rainbows and that really had transformed my point of view uh, in a lot of ways. And that's why I played the funny, you caught this in the beginning of the show, I played the, uh, the Muppet movie Rainbow Connection song uh, that still makes me laugh every time I hear it. Um, I was a little kid. They, the Muppet Show was on, and I remember, I remember that song and how cute it was, and Kermit the Frog singing it. In fact, I have a, Karen, I have a Carpenter's Greatest Hits uh, album, and, and the Rainbow Connection is sung by Karen Carpenter as well, too, which of course is amazing. But uh, they talk a lot about the idea of, of what rainbows represent, and again, I think you know, in terms of a shift in my perspective, it was really cool because I guess I kind of have that now. I have a tendency to, even when I'm frustrated, to find some type of beauty or something positive. You know, another thing that I've always been able to do, thankfully, when I'm frustrated or irritated also is, and this may be a particularly notable Sagittarian um, disposition issue, but I don't necessarily want to lock it in and let only Sagittarians have it. Um, but uh, 
humor. You know, I think it's always kind of saved me. Whenever I'm at my most frustrated with something, you know, another part of me always kind of starts to laugh at the ridiculousness of it. And I'm telling you, what a, what a great get-out-of-jail-free card that I've always kind of had that way. I've always been able to laugh, even at my own dysfunction in that way. That's what's such a funny thing. And if anyone else is a Sagittarius or you have a Sag moon or a Sag rising sign, you'd know this too. Sometimes you're so blunt in a way that sometimes people misread what you're saying as insult. But even when I say something sarcastic or a little wise-ass in that respect, I, I'm just as equally able to do the same thing with myself, to poke fun at myself, to be humorous with me, you know, not to get very, very upset necessarily with my own dysfunction because I know I'm a human being and we all have those those things that are, are you know, parts of our, our personality and who we are, you know what I mean? You've got to find a way to laugh a little bit in that sense. And uh, while I didn't laugh too much about um, getting a screw in my tire and having to replace the tires, um, you know, long, larger picture was a good thing because I, you know, one, I needed new tires anyway, so it wasn't really necessarily the end of the world. And also it reminded me, like I say over and over and over again to me, uh, to people, when you're really mad and you're pissed off, you know, not a good time to drive. You know, one thing I could tell you with complete, uh, complete study uh, and observation in life is, you know, to me, most of the time when people have car accidents or real difficult events, a lot of times they happen and it correlates with them being really, really mad at someone or a circumstance or a situation and brewing and fuming about it. And anyone who read my first book, I wrote a piece in my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, called uh, Valentine's Day Massacre. And I talked about this horrific car accident I had in 2002. And I had just gotten, I just had a breakup a couple of months before that, and I was still in love, but very hatefully angry about it being unresolved. And, you know, long story short, it was Valentine's Day, and I was driving to a friend's house. We were both single, and we were going to just hang out, have a glass of wine, and I was going to hang out with her for the night. And I found myself brewing and thinking about this past anger from a few months ago, and I couldn't believe it. And I feel that anger brewing, and I got into my car, and I was driving on, in Arizona here on the 101, and, uh, and uh, it, it was around rush hour, and all the traffic had stopped. And uh, I was in the left lane, and I stopped because no one was going. And someone behind me must have been texting, or well, not texting, that was 2002. Someone driving behind me, not paying attention, smashed into my car at like 60 miles an hour. Totally destroyed my car. Um, I woke up, you know, probably 10, 15 minutes later, it's being put on a stretcher or an ambulance and going to the hospital. A hugely traumatic accident. Car was destroyed. I remained largely intact. It's one of the gifts. I, I'm, in, I'm in really good physical shape. The doctor said that, that had I not had the structural strength of, of a muscular physical body, I probably would have been paralyzed considering the way I was hit. Um, and listen, I got through that, but I had to think about that. Like, and I look back, I had three major accidents in my life, that being one of them. And in all cases, it somehow was interconnected to some relationship issue that I was brewing on or frustrated or irritated about. That's why I tell people, listen, if you're angry, be angry and then be done with it. Don't get behind the wheel. Don't, you know, don't get so caught up in, in brewing about things in a way where you may draw some crappy event to you in that respect. Even to this day, honestly, like when I see people 
on the side of the road who have had these horrific car accidents. Obviously, I feel for them, and I see their smashed-up cars, and you know, the ambulance coming or just the cops coming if the person wasn't really necessarily hurt in the process. And I think, you know, what was going on emotionally and psychologically that they had such a brutal accident? You know, like you can almost feel it energetically in that sense. So that's one thing I've learned over, over time is, you know, try to chill on really, really getting mad about people with people and things, especially when it comes to relationship stuff. Because really, if you stand back and think about this, anyone who's um, old enough to know this at, at this point in the game realizes this. I, I, I jokingly said this in other shows, and I'm going to say it again. They always say, my joke is all exes get hit with the ugly stick. And what I mean by that wise-ass comment is, so think about this, guys. If you went through a relationship breakup and you were a lot of pain about it, a marriage breakup or an ending, most of us as human beings, like a couple of months later or a year later, you'll run across that ex and you'll be like, yuck. Like, I don't like the way that they look. Uh, I'm surprised I was ever attracted to that person in the first place. And then, you know, in many cases, too, you walk away from one bad relationship and, and then maybe you're alone for a while and then you meet someone else that's more fitting and cooler that lines up. How could you have got to that next person if you hadn't had the experience that you had with the previous one. That's something we, it's hard to remember that in the heat of the moment when we go through difficulty. Because I know I had a long-term relationship with an ex who cheated on me repeatedly, and I put up with it for a while, and then finally I, you know, I just had to separate because it was just insanity to keep doing that. And, uh, and you know, again, i got to say, I mean, I, 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 definitely a blessing in disguise, but not in disguise anymore. I mean, thank God I got out of that. You know, I, uh, I mean, really, I, I can say that w- with complete sincerity that I definitely learned that everything happens for a reason and a purpose behind it in that sense. But that's the key. We can become the type of human beings where we don't necessarily meet a traumatic accident or event to get us to change. You know, we can wake up and smell the coffee beforehand. And I look at that relationship and that, and that partnership, and I'll use this as a perfect example of this with that particular ex that I was with. We had dated for two years, great relationship, and then we moved in together. I was pushing at, at him to move in. He didn't really want to. He wanted to just keep dating, but I decided we needed to live together. I mean, that's what we were supposed to do, and he was kind of resentful of that. But I remember uh, even you know a couple of months before things got really bad, I remember sitting in a jacuzzi in our apartment complex when we had gotten an apartment together and him saying to me that he's, I remember him saying, I think I might move back to Florida. I think I'd like to move back to Florida. I remember when I heard that, I was like, I have a, I'm not moving to Florida. I have a business here. I have a life here. I have family here. I love this, but how would I possibly move back to, why would I move to Florida? I'm not from Florida anyway, but he had lived there before he had moved to Arizona. And then, you know, later on, looking back on it in hindsight, I realized really in his own way he was trying to let me know that he wanted out. He wanted out of the relationship. Then became then the cheating came. So I think that's an interesting thing about hindsight. When we look back on an event in a situation, we often can see how pieces were necessarily coming together. So I think the trick is, is we're more aware and more awake and more conscious in our life now we don't necessarily, again, need a catastrophe of things to get totally toxic before we make a change. You know, I, I just had a client here today, very, very nice man, going through difficulty with the job, and he had cards 
that really reflected in his tarot reading that we had done that reflected that he was having a lot of trouble with work. Eight of stones reversed, five of swords crossing him. You know, eight of stones reversed means like experience with a job or business or work or financial matters where you don't agree with the methods of the way things are being done. Um, it's almost like uh, an energy pattern of people scamming or cheating or doing things uh, subpar. Uh, you know, so, and I, I brought that up with him and I told him that and of course it exactly matched what was going on with him. That's exactly what he was dealing with. And the Five of Swords was crossing him, which meant, you know, a lot of anger and a feeling of victimization and discomfort about a situation connected with it. You know, and I, and, and I talked with him about it and again, he was very open about it. And I said, listen, you're being pushed somewhere else. You know, this is not your permanent job. You can look at it as a negative that they don't want you to be all that you can be there and you're frustrated and you're finding it restrictive. And again, you can keep bucking up against the wall or the situation or you can realize, listen, I'm growing in my dissatisfaction in this situation. Obviously, another plan is coming into being for my life. So I may need to find a way out of this constructively or or, uh, constructively or um, destructively at one level or another, and these, these changes are, are necessary for, for my own happiness. I'm being led and pushed somewhere through the difficulty. And that to me is pretty much always the case. You know, again, when you look back on it, almost everything ends up being of value, even though at the time, a lot of times you can't see it when you are, when you're going through it. And the other point that I made in this piece that I want to talk a little bit about is uh, you know looking at it looking at it from this from this perspective. Um, listen, you know look how easily I switched gears. I was driving home. I was frustrated, as I was saying in the piece. It was raining. People were idiots. And then I saw the rainbows, and I got all happy, and I realized what I was doing. And then when I was getting close to home, up behind me comes this woman who. Uh, is driving like a lunatic, and I'm afraid she's going to ram into my the rear of my car, and I decide I'm going to mess with her, and blah, 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 blah. You know, I won't go into the detail about what I talked about, but you know, I guess what amazed me was how quickly I switched gears between going from being miserable to being happy and then back to um, miserable and irritated again. So, you know, anyone listening who is a fire sign understands this dynamic. That's one of the things about being a fire sign or having a lot of fire in your in your chart. Um, you know, it's called, I like jokingly like to say it's lunatic syndrome. Uh, very extreme in your responses to being very happy, very unhappy. And, uh, but, and, I, and I, as a fire sign, I, that's why I mentioned that. Um, I shifted gears so quickly. I let it throw me again. Um, and, uh, and, and that to me is what the lesson was in it that I, I really did have a choice in the matter. And then looking back on it, and now and how I am now is so funny. Because at the time when she was riding my ass in that way and I was getting so irritated with her bad driving and what she was doing, you know, I had to taunt her a little. I slowed down even more to get her even more pissed off. And, you know, it's so funny now because now in my life, um, like uh, the other day I was driving uh, back from a, a local casino that I go to about two or three times a month. And, uh, you know, it's like a little mini freeway for about 12 miles, and you can do 65 miles an hour on two-lane little mini road that basically you can drive as fast as a freeway on. Uh, there's very few lights along the way. And, you know, this is what I notice all the time. There's always people, like, 
driving. I'm here. I am. I'm 65 miles an hour, so I'll do about 70, 71. That's cool. I'm a little over. You know, I won't get a ticket, but I'm still in control of the car. Get me there a little faster. But took a defensive driving class years ago, and that's where I learned. You can do five, six, seven miles over speed limit in most cases and never get a ticket. So, boom, 70, 71, driving real comfortably, fast. But and there's always people like just barreling up at 90 miles an hour around me and, and going around me and being frustrated and irritated. And I just look at all these people and I think to myself, what are you, what are you doing? What, you know, what, what, what is the race? Do you really want to take the, that, that, that possibility that you can hit an animal along the way or you know, get into an accident because you're driving too fast? What is the race for? But I think that's the beautiful thing about getting older and getting a little wiser and more mature. Like, you just start kind of getting the hang of things that really are, you know, it's like the Saturnian influence in astrology. You become a little bit of an old man, an old woman, in the best possible sense, where you're just not racing so compulsively toward everything. You're sort of stopping and smelling the roses along the way. Listen, I love that drive from the casino home. It's a beautiful one. My friend complains because it's too far. It's an extra 15-minute drive. I love it. Just a nice drive, and uh, so I, I enjoy it. And uh, and the thing is, that now whenever I have a lunatic behind me, like I'll move over to the uh, side and let them pass me. Like I don't, I don't need to taunt them in some way. You know, <laughs> I, you know that, that's the beauty of again of coming to a place of maturity and coming to a place of wisdom where you realize, listen, don't. You know, what, what, what is a battle here? You know, uh, you're battling over nothing. You know, it becomes this uh, taking things personally syndrome. And by the way, if you're, if you're Taurus or Taurus rising or Taurus moon, people have strong Taurus in the chart. That's actually one of the tests and lessons of Tauruses, by the way, which is to learn detachment, to not take what other people do personally. Uh, good thing to remember for anyone who's got Taurus energy in their chart, that that's a significant uh, thing to, uh, to, uh, to learn accordingly in that sense. And I am Taurus rising, so that's another attribute of personality that I had to get to and learn as well. Okay, so anyway, I'm kind of finishing up on this particular story and moving on to a few other things as we kind of finish up here for today's show. Uh, you know, like I had, I had talked about, really we do, we always have a choice in how we necessarily respond to anything. And, you know, I think, uh, like I said, uh, you know, one of the things that's great about being in Arizona is, like, we don't have snow. Anyone who's listening to the show and lives back east know that you guys got hit hard this year with snow and various other factors. That was actually a motivating force for me to leave New York, by the way. A big part of it was the weather. I just, I don't, I don't want to do snow. Um, I think it's beautiful in postcards. But for me personally, I'd just rather it be warm uh, in fact, even in Phoenix now, it's actually, today's a high of like 76, and the rest of this week we have a high of 80, you know, like 80 degrees every day. I love this time of year. And like in the mid-50s at night, it's pretty much awesome. But uh, I think that we, um, you, know, uh, you, you know, weather can affect us, obviously, in that, in that respect. If it rains a lot, we tend to get a little bit more miserable. But like if you're an Arizonian, you know, and a Phoenician particularly, or someone from Tucson, we have a total opposite perspective on rain. Like, we love it. It's like such a thrill when it rains because it doesn't do it that often. So to me, it's like uh, such an amazing thing to just sit around and have a cup of tea or have a coffee while it's kind of raining out. Uh, but we, other than the monsoons that come in the summer, 
most of our rainstorms are not exactly really storms anyway as much. It's just kind of rainy uh, in, in that respect. And it does, it feels good. It's like the, it's like the energy is clearing out, uh, it's, it's clearing out uh, in that way. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like it's like releasing. It almost acts like a valve where you can release whatever it is you're focusing on or whatever it is that you're feeling or whatever it is that you're doing. Okay, so it looks like we've got about five more minutes. What I want to do for the last few minutes of the show is Anyone who happened to catch the show today, um, I want to give out a little um, a little gift, uh, so to speak, by pulling an angel card for any of my listeners today. Um, so this can apply to pretty much anybody catching the show. Um, and uh, really great point. In fact, it's very funny. I just pulled an angel card to uh, to kind of talk about. And um, I, I just was discussing this particular energy in a different way with uh, one of my clients before. So let me tell you what the angel card says. So listen to this. Think about anything that you're considering right now in your life and that you're in contemplation of. And then listen to what this uh, message says. The angel's name is Merlina. And she says you are confused and indecisive because you do not have enough information. Do research or seek expert advice before making your decisions. Additional messages, you felt like you're chasing your tail, looking at this option and that option. This indecisiveness is what's exhausting you, dear one. The reason why you're, focused, you, why you're confused is you do not have enough information to make an informed decision. Your choices appear too similar right now. But once you conduct additional research, your decision will become more clear. Begin by asking God and the angels to enter your dreams and to give you more information. Then ask your feelings to give you guidance. This means imagining what it would feel like to make the decision. Then imagine what it would feel like to make the other choice. Go deep within and notice how your body reacts as you try on different options. If your gut or your jaw tightens, this is a sign that something isn't right for you. If your heart flutters with warmth, this is a sign that you're on the right path. Before making your final decision, seek the counsel of wise friends and teachers whose experience and intuition can guide you. Okay, so this is a this is kind of a cool card because I mean in some ways it sounds a little bit like a negative, but ultimately it really isn't. It's just a reminder, you know, to everything turn, turn, turn. Listen, there's a season for things. Sometimes we're researching. I see this a lot for people. You know, that feeling of that you should do something, you have to act. Well, listen, in some cases people definitely need to act and they're, they're dragging their feet. In a lot of cases also, we just if we're still in the process of collecting information and gathering knowledge, then that in and of itself is a process. You know, look at it from look at it this another angle. If you were going clothes shopping, you know, you could you would be you would probably would be trying on different clothes, seeing how it fits, checking out the prices, looking at how it looks in the mirror, all of the things. You could either approach that process with total angst, oh my god, I'm so fat, oh my god, I look like crap, oh my god, you know, blah blah. We can run we can all run negative tapes when we do this, or we really can enjoy ourselves uh, tremendously, even if we don't buy anything trying on clothes, looking at different options, that can be an amazing experience to go through and can actually be a lot of fun. So my suggestion, anyone, again, who got this far into my show, is whatever you're in contemplation about, one, come to that realization that you may still be in a researching phase and that ultimately you're not really doing anything wrong. You're just learning. You're trying on different options. You're figuring things out as you go, and you're in a process. So that process will come to an end, and you'll become more decisive. And like she says in the card, also remember that you do get to, you know, you do get to try these things. And there really is, a, it's a great process because if you feel excited about it, it means it's right. 
If you feel negative and uncomfortable, that's a sign that it's wrong. So that's kind of the key thing I think that's really important to remember. So anything you're in contemplation about, listen, you're still studying. Ask different people advice, opinions, point of views, and watch as you become more sure in your process. That's my message to everybody today. Looks like they're cutting me off here, so I want to finish up today's show. Um, thank you for joining me. I'll be here next week, and I'll be doing our astrology update show, and I will be able to take a couple of live calls toward the end of the show for a few few-minute mini-readings. To join me, if you're not already getting my column, email me, VenturaSag at yahoo.com. Get added to the mailing list. Go to my website, jimventura.com. Check out any of the things that I offer. I'm here almost every Thursday with different types of shows. You know, sign up fan on the fan page, and that way you'll get access to it. Okay, guys. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you got some insight from today's show. Thank you for all my listeners in the chat room, as well as everybody catching the show uh, and its archives. I appreciate my audience, and I look forward to filling in on the astrology info next week because there's a lot of stuff going on with Mars retrograde and Saturn and a few other things, so it would be cool to catch you guys up on all that good info. So cheers and enjoy your rainbows. <laughs>